0: Hello, welcome to Flour Butter X Sugar. My name is Kate and I'm the host of this podcast, which is all about home baking and it's recorded in my little kitchen in London. Um, and today's episode, which is episode 28, can't believe I've got this far, is gonna be about uh, a delicious blue cheese pastry that I'm completely obsessed with um, that I came across in a magazine. And also it's gonna be I'm going to be talking about a pistachio meringue layer cake um, with raspberries and a white chocolate mascarpone cream that I made for my friend's wedding. Um, Yes, that is as good as it sounds Um, and it is a mouthful to say. Uh, So I'm really excited to get started with today's episode. So I normally start with talking about what I've been up to this week, but I've had quite a busy week. Um, so I've not done a huge amount of baking outside of the bakes I'm gonna be talking about already, which is a, which is quite a lot, isn't it, really? Um, but just to let you know, I'm currently tucking into a chocolate babka for breakfast, which is absolutely delicious. Um, I have had a bit of an issue with some of the chocolate burning, though, on the bottom, particularly so i need to like hone this fine tune this before i'm ready to share it with the world um so let's get into talking about the blue cheese pastry first of all um so this is a recipe that i came across in it's good foods vegetarian christmas magazine uh 2020 um which i bought because i wanted to do loads of cooking um over Christmas. And I'm kind of mostly vegetarian. Um, And blue cheese, walnut, pear are obviously a magical combination. Um, Just incredibly delicious together. So I came across this recipe and I was very intrigued by it because there's blue cheese and walnuts in the pastry. And there's also wholemeal flour as well. Uh, so i thought this this must give like quite an interesting pastry uh, that would be really really short the acidity in the cheese would p- particularly make it extra short um the wholemeal pastry would make it very short um, so and also just the walnuts and the wholemeal would make it really nutty um, so i thought this must this must be a this must be winner if it works and it is a winner it's really really incredible Uh, I've made it maybe every couple of weeks, um, every two or three weeks, like since Christmas. (laughs) And it's now May. So I've made this many, many times. Um, I've made it mostly as a tart. um, But I also tried out making it just on its own and making it into some cheese straws. So I'll talk about that a bit as well um so this recipe um it comes from a a food editor and recipe developer called Anna Glover and I I messaged her on Instagram to tell her how obsessed I am with with her recipe um and she very kindly messaged me back so that's very nice of her um so for the pastry you need 100 grams of wholemeal flour um and I found that when I don't have regular wholemeal flour, I found that I can use strong wholemeal, uh, the sort that I'd normally use in bread, or I can use spelt wholemeal. Um, I found both of those work okay. Um, you want 100 grams of plain or all purpose flour. I think if you were going to use spelt wholemeal, then, or, then you might want to make this strong white, um, just because it's already a very short pastry um, and it may be very, very difficult to work with otherwise. Uh, 50 grams of walnuts, um, 100 100 grams of cold cubed butter, one egg, and I found this works with both UK medium and UK large, which is the equivalent to US large or extra large. 50 grams of a hard crumbly cheese like Stilton or Gorgonzola picante and a pinch of salt. And then for the filling, you want um, three UK large or US extra large eggs, um, so the total weight of that would be 180 grams. So if you don't have the same size eggs, you could weigh them instead. Um, and you want one of the eggs to be separated uh, and you want to reserve the egg white. Um, and then you want a tablespoon of olive oil, um, a leek that's sliced 125 milliliters of double cream, I found that I can use 150 ml because you don't really get 125 ml tubs here. And um, so I don't really like waste. I've been using 150 ml most of the time. You need a ripe pear um, that you're going to be halving, coring and thinly slicing when it comes to assembling the the tart. Um, You want 50 grams of a hard crumbly cheese the same that you use in the in the pastry um i often will use more actually because again i don't really find that i get 100, 100 gram ma- amounts of cheese um i normally buy 150 grams uh, in a packet so that's how much I, no- I normally use quite a lot more cheese than it says um uh but you can also yeah I don't know, you could also use it in something else, obviously. You don't really need me to tell you that. Um, 40 grams of walnut halves. Again, I do usually use more than this because I just love it. Um, And Yeah, so you could increase this a little bit. You need a bit of butter to grease your pie dish or tin. And you need some salt and pepper for seasoning. Um, So... To make the pastry, you put both the flours in the walnuts into the bowl of a food processor and pulse until the walnuts are finely chopped. You add the butter and a pinch of salt and then you pulse that again until the mixture resembles damp sand. You add the cheese and egg and pulse it together again until the mixture comes together in a ball. And then if you need to, if it's not quite coming together into a ball, you might want to add drops of cold water so I find that if I'm using a medium egg, I do need to use a, uh, add a couple of drops of water. But if my egg is large, obviously there's more, there's quite a lot of water and binding stuff in the, well, proteins that bind the pastry that are in the um, egg white. So I don't find that I need to add water if my egg is large. Um, and then you want to wrap the dough and chill it for 30 minutes. And that is the pastry made. So we're now going to talk about blind baking. Um, this is something that I don't normally have patience for, but it really qu- it is quite important in this recipe. Um, because the pear is really wet, um, and you're putting in a wet filling and this just ensures that the pastry is like really extra crisp. Um, so trust me, this is actually worth it this time. I often find that blind baking is to the sort of like ratio of time spent and reward is not is not there for me a lot of the time. But this this pie or tart is so delicious that I personally find it worth it. Um, So you heat the heat, the oven to uh 200 degrees C or 180 degrees fan or gas six which are 390 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, Grease a 23 centimeter tart dish with butter. Is that about, I think that's about nine or 10 inches, isn't it? Um, But I'll make sure I put up an equivalent on the website. Um, Roll the pastry out onto a lightly dusted uh, work surface, obviously dusted with plain flour, to the thickness of a one pound coin, I looked this up and it's like 3.15 millimetres or like a very small amount of an inch. So basically just quite thin. Um, Then you want to place that into your buttered dish using the rolling pin as a sort of transportation device um, if needed, so that it it isn't just like falling apart in your hands. Um, You can definitely patch any cracks with offcuts and press them into the dish. The other thing that I do is I will look around. It, it helps them. I, I, I mean, I use a glass dish for this. I mean, I don't think glass is actually the best for pastry, but it's what I have. Um, so, But it helps when I'm looking around the pie to see if there are any thin bits. And I'll also press a little bit of pastry into any bits that look a bit too thin. Um, so, yes, anyway, so you prick the base with a fork. Um, then you get a sheet of baking parchment, scrunch it up, which I always find incredibly satisfying. Um, then you put the baking parchment in the, in the um, pie, and then fill that with baking beans or dried pulses is what I normally use. Um, then you will bake that with the baking beans inside of it for about 15 to 20 minutes. And um, once it's had that 15 to 20 minutes you uh tip the baking beans out very carefully obviously you take the parchment out you then glaze the inside of the pastry dish with the egg white using like a pastry brush um and then you bake that for a further 10 to 15 minutes until it's light golden and dry um and this is the key to getting incredibly crisp pastry for this dish. So really important process. Um, once it's had that f- further 10 to 15 minutes, just take it out, leave it while you make the filling. Um, or you could make the f- filling while it's in the oven actually. So you want to heat the oil in the pan and fry some seasoned leeks until soft, uh, that you sliced before you fry them of Then you will leave that to cool. Um, In a bowl or a jug uh, that's quite large, whisk the two whole eggs, the egg yolk and the cream and some salt and pepper. Um, And that's your filling. Then you want to um, slice your pear if you haven't already. Um, Obviously core it uh, and and stuff as well. Um, And arrange that into the base. Now, there's two schools of thought here so the original recipe tells you to kind of leave keep the the pear halves sort of sort of intact but just fan them out a bit that is what looks best and it's what the picture i've put on the website that's what it that looks like it doesn't look very pretty however you don't get as good a distribution of pear throughout the tart so i think flavor wise and texture-wise, it's actually better to arrange them throughout the whole base. But I'll leave that up to you. Then you want to spoon the leeks on top. Then you scatter in the cheese and most of the walnuts. You pour in the egg and cream mix um, and then scatter any uh, a few walnuts on the top if, if you want to. Um, and then you bake that for another 25-30 minutes until it's set with a slight wobble in the centre. And you want to leave that to cool for a little while before you try and slice that up. Um, So that's the uh, pear walnut blue cheese tart. Um, And it is absolutely incredible. Um, I would recommend serving this with just like, um, maybe like a spinach salad that you've dressed with a bit of like red wine vinegar, um, olive oil, salt and pepper. Um, Or you could, I think when I'm in the winter, I think around when I'm making this around Christmas, I served it with kale and potatoes, but that's quite heavy um, for this time of year. So I've been serving it with a spinach salad more recently. Um, Okay, so that's the the tart. Uh, We've really, really been enjoying eating that. Um, And now I'm going to talk about making this pastry into straws. So to make this into straws, you're going to follow the same steps to make the raw pastry. Um, But rather than putting it in a case and baking it off, you will roll it into a rectangle. Again, on a lightly floured surface, Um, scatter half of that rectangle with um, about 50 grams of blue cheese and then fold that over and roll it out again. Um, I'd try and have this as sh- as kind of thin as you can really, but it's very very sh- it's not easiest thing to work with. Um, then you want to cut that into strips. um I did little twisties, but I found that they were a bit too thick um, and then it meant that some of the pastry in the middle was a little bit under. so I think I probably wouldn't do little twisties again. I think I would probably just cut them into strips maybe using um a pastry cutter you could actually make them into like little shapes instead couldn't you instead of straws but I, do, I think you just want to make sure that they're quite thin um and if so if you do twist them still make sure they're thin um but it is it might crumble here and there uh but you can kind of repair it quite easily using the warmth of your hands and a bit of and just kind of push the pastry together. Um, yeah. And then you will, um, you might want to scatter over a teeny bit of extra cheese. Um, you also will want to, like, um, give these a bit of a wash with an egg yolk. Um, you'll also probably want to freeze them. That's what I would recommend. Um so you put plop them onto a lined baking tray, uh, cover that with cling film or something, maybe a plastic bag, whatever you've got, um, just to stop any uh, like kind of frost from the freezer getting onto it. Um, it won't take long to freeze because they're quite they should be quite thin, hopefully. So you probably only need to freeze them for like twenty minutes or so, um, and meanwhile you can you can preheat the oven. Um, So preheat the oven to about 200 degrees C or 180 degrees fan or gas mark six. Um, uh, And then you can um, bake those off for about 25 minutes or so. Um, And it's best served with some slices of fresh pear alongside. So this is really, really delicious. Um, and I think if you don't want to make the full tart, if you want to make something as a starter or as a canapé, I'm not not sure who, who on earth is having parties in a pandemic, but just what so I mean, like if you're making a meal with multiple courses, this would be quite a nice kind of course on its own with the fresh pear. Um, but it wouldn't... Uh, But I think it's better as a tart Um, if you, yeah, it's better as a tart for dinner in my view, um, having made both. So that is our cheese straws. And next I'm going to be talking about this pistachio raspberry white chocolate mascarpone layer cake. Right, so I'm going to start talking about this pistachio meringue layer cake. Um, This is adapted from Uh, a recipe for a hazelnut macaron tort, which was on Smitten Kitchen. Um, And I think Deb from Smitten Kitchen adapted that from a couple of other recipes. Um, So it's been adapted and adapted and adapted. Um, Just to let you know straight away, it uses a really huge amount of pistachios. Um, It's gluten-free, which I guess could be really helpful. Um, but the, the reason it's gluten-free is that it only uses pistachio and egg white uh, and sugar to create those layers. There's no flour in it whatsoever. Um, so it's pretty expensive. Um, and that's why I don't do it that often. But um, my one of my best friends was getting married and I was her only guest. Um, she had a micro wedding, her and her husband, um, because of covid uh, they, there was just four of us basically, and, and a photographer. Um, I was a witness, which I've never done before. Very exciting, and we just did a it's really simple wedding. Um, then went we went to uh, we did those some pictures. We walked over to restaurant, had a meal, um, which you can do currently outside at the moment in Britain, or in. Sorry, it's different in different parts of the UK, but that's what you can do in England at the moment. Um, yeah, and and we had then we went back to theirs um, and had cake and champagne. So it was a really really lovely day. Um, thank you, Melina, for for asking me to be a witness. It was very exciting. Um, and obviously, I had to make them a cake. When they have, they're going to have like a bigger reception next year um i mean part of the reason they had this really really small wedding is because melina's german and so there's loads and loads of travel restrictions at the moment um so th- they just were like we'd rather just wait to have a proper do next year and then we can invite everybody that we want to invite um and uh so i i I think if it was for that, I probably wouldn't offer to make a cake because I'd probably get too stressed making cake for lots of people. Um, But particularly since it was a really small wedding, I was like, I've got to make a cake if you'll let me. Um, It would be obviously my honour and pleasure because I love baking Um, and a nice little present for the married couple. So um, yeah, so I, I they I, I gave them some options. I think at first they were like, "Katie, we really need to calm down," but that's just my brain. I gave them literally like twenty different options, of <laughs> flavorings. I was just on one on that day, and this is what they opted for. Um, I've made this. This is the second time I've made this. I also made it for my partner's birthday. Um, or made something very similar. The cream was different actually last time. Um, so for that, I literally just made a very simple Chantilly cream with like a teeny bit of icing sugar, double cream um, and vanilla. Um, whereas this time I made a mascarpone cream. So it's slightly um, slightly fancier, I guess. I think both are really good. I'm not sure if I have a favourite. I think... I, I guess I'd have to like compare them side by side cause I've not, I've only made it like once a year. Um, uh, so I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I would say that the, you could add, even though there's only a small amount of white chocolate in this, you can really taste it in that filling. Um, so I think it really works, especially with the tangy mascarpone. Um, So, right, let's get into talking about how it's made. So you want 225 grams of castor or superfine sugar. You want the whites of six UK large or US extra large eggs, which is about 240 grams total egg white. You want an eighth of a teaspoon cream of tartar. You want 400 grams of pistachios without shells and you want a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. And then for the filling, you want 50 grams of white chocolate, a tablespoon of vanilla paste, 250 grams of mascarpone, 250 grams of double or heavy cream, um, 50 grams of icing sugar and about 250 grams of fresh raspberries. Which is um, if you're buying those little punnets in the supermarket, um, it's just shy of two of those and then you can kind of like pick out the prettiest ones and eat the rest that's what i did um so to make it um first of all really really important this step don't skip it you want to roast your pistachios um the reason you don't want to skip this step is because they're so expensive that this gets the maximum flavor out of them if you skip this te- this step it will not taste anywhere anywhere near as good so I, I know i'm being quite strict about this but you really do and i know i'm evangelical evangelical about roasting nuts but for this like it's it's 400 grams of pistachio like that is a huge amount of pistachio and a huge amount of money to spend um i think that works out at like about 16 quid um, of pistachios so just use them like you know to their maximum benefit I, re- I reckon and the best way to do that is in a low oven so it gets them all roasty toasty all the way around and all the way through as well if you bake if you roast nuts um, dry roast nuts in a really low oven so I did this in an oven that was a, around about 325 degrees Fahrenheit, um, which is about 160 degrees Celsius or 140 degrees if you've got a fan oven or a gas three um, for about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, And you might want to give them a little stir halfway through to ensure that they're all roasty toasty all the way through and all the way around. Um, Then leave those to cool. Um, you can just leave them on the baking tray. And if it's a thin baking tray, they will cool very, very quickly because of the because they're small. Um, and just make sure that you leave your oven on at the same temperature. Um, and just check that the oven doesn't get too hot or cool down too much. Um, because you want the, exactly the same temperature for your meringue. Um, so you want to grease, line and then grease again four 20 centimetre or eight inch round cake tins. Um, the reason why I'm saying you need to grease the parchment paper is that otherwise quite a lot of meringue gets stuck to the parchment and won't come off. And then you're wasting like all of your hard work and money. Um, so it is important to grease the parchment paper as well as the tin. Even though that might sound a bit extra. Uh, Because the meringue is very sticky and it will stick even to a really good non-stick parchment paper. Um, If you only have two of those types of tins, no worries. You could bake the meringue in batches or you could draw out circles onto parchment. Place that on baking trays and then grease the circles as well. Um, So you don't have to use cake tins, but I just find it convenient because then I can see exactly the kind of shape that I'm, it's just a way of getting the right shape um, that's easier. Okay, so then you will blitz 340 grams of the pistachios with 100 grams of the sugar in the food processor until it's pretty finely ground, but you obviously don't wanna take it too far because you'll make a nut butter by accident. Um, reserve the remaining 60 grams of pistachios for decoration and you want to grind those as well by the way but you can do that maybe after um then you want to whisk your egg whites with 125 grams of the sugar and the cream of tartar until you get quite close to, to kind of stiff peaks um i would recommend here if you have one using a stand mixer uh, I actually didn't this time um and it meant that my arm really hurt because <laughs> it was standing there whisking for a very, very long amount of time um but yeah, you can use a hand whisk, but it will take longer. Your arm might hurt at the end um so you may want to you may want to use a very, very clean uh, like um bowl for your stand mixer. Um, I've not put this in the written recipe, but um this is just an extra insurance policy. Obviously you don't want any fat in the bowl or on the whisk um when you are whisking your egg whites because it will stop them from whisking properly. So you could like go around the bowl with um a cut lemon and the whisk. And then just wipe that gently with uh, a clean bit of kitchen roll um just or you could just make sure that your equipment is scrupulously clean um so yeah anyway so you've whisked your egg whites then you want to gently fold in your ground pistachios um using a metal spoon and doing so in about three goes i'd say just make sure that it's fully mixed in before you add the next lot Um, and just do that really carefully and gently don't rush uh, because you don't want to knock out too much of your air then you want to dollop that gently into the tins Uh, you will want to like level that so I found an offset spatula really useful Um, and then bake that for about 20 minutes in that low oven um, and you will take it out of the oven, uh, leave it to cool completely. I'd say in the tins for this, actually, because it's very, very delicate. So leave it to cool completely in the tins. Um, and then once it's totally cool, transfer those layers into a very, very airtight tin and leave overnight um, or until you want to serve. I just find that it's easier to make this the day before I'm, I'm going to be serving it. And it's just as good, if not better, to do that. So the morning of your event or a few hours before you're going to serve this is what you want to do to make the cream. So melt the white chocolate. I personally just do this in the microwave, um but um you could do this in a bain marie if you prefer. It's only a really really small amount so it will really not take very long. Um, leave that to cool uh because you don't if it's too hot you will start kind of like making the cream and, um, the cream and mascarpone really liquidy and weird. Um, so leave that to cool. Then, um, you want to, once that's cooled a bit, whisk it with fridge, cold mascarpone, fridge, cold, double cream and vanilla paste, um, and icing sugar. Um, that's, that's it okay so that's your cream made um it's really really simple the high quantity of fat means that it it whips up really quickly um you kind of like you want it sort of soft peaks um and you're done so to assemble you this is what i do um i find that it's better for stability to leave the raspberries to the top two layers so I put a meringue layer on the bottom, spread some spread just under a quarter of the cream on that with an offset spatula. You could pipe it if you prefer. Then you place another meringue layer and then another layer of cream, again about a quarter. Then your third meringue and then another layer of cream. But then this time I'm gonna you put fresh raspberries on that layer. Um, and then top with the final meringue layer and a final thickish layer of cream and then more raspberries and then scatter with the reserved pistachios. So once I would put my pistachios into the meringue um, while it was baking, I ground the rest of the pistachios in the food processor. No need to clean out the bowl. And then I just reserve those for the next day for assembly. Um, so that's it. Um, it's a bit of a process, uh, but it's not difficult to make. And it's incredibly impressive, I think, I hope. People seem to be impressed by it. Um, and it's, it's an absolute knockout in terms of flavour. It isn't too sweet. Um, it's got that delicious pistachio, nutty, kind of toasty, buttery type of flavor. It's got those amazing kind of sweet and tart raspberries. It's got um, this incredible, like, tangy white chocolate cream with lots of vanilla in it. Um, and then, oh, yeah, the other thing that I you could do that I forgot to mention is that you could make, melt a little bit more white chocolate and drizzle it over uh, on the top if you want to do to do that Um, so this is a this is one that's worth remembering and worth saving for any like really special occasions that you might have coming up so that is it for the raspberry and pistachio meringue cake sorry that I coughed in the middle by the way So all that is left for me to do for this episode is to tell you about what is coming up next. Um, and this is still pastry month. So next week I'm going to be talking about another pastry. Um, and it's I'm going to be attempting for a second time shoe pastry, um, which I found not as hard as people seem to think or say. I think, you know, like I've said before, kind of baking competition shows with their kind of like um, time restraints and high level of pressure and things like that. maybe give a false idea of what baking can be like at home um, so I didn't find them that tricky. didn't find it that tricky. I was just following the instructions carefully last time but maybe pride will come before a fall and next time I make it will be a disaster we'll see. <laughs> hopefully not. But I'm gonna make some cream puffs. Um, so I'm within that, I'm also gonna be making a creme patissiere. So um, listener, Lenny, uh, you definitely will want to tune into the next one. Um, does anyone say that anymore? Is anyone tuning in? It's not a radio, but you know what I mean? Definitely listen to the next one because I will be talking about creme pat. Um, and Um, I will be using that creme pat in my cream puffs, which I haven't really decided what fillings I'm going to make yet, but I'm going to maybe try and make a couple of different fillings for different options. Um, So that's going to be exciting. Um, And the other thing to tell you about is coming up on the pod, I'm considering whether I want to move to a fortnightly format. Um, And then I think that way it might leave me more time to do things like interviews or bring on guests to talk about things. Um, It's just obviously working full time. It's quite a big time commitment for me to do that sort of podcast. Um, But if it's what people want, then I'm happy to do it. And also I think it would be really nice actually to interview people. Um, but I think if I want to do that, I think I might have to move to a fortnightly podcast. Um, so do let me know what you think about that. Um, you can email flowerbuttereggssugar at gmail.com or just get in touch with me on social media. Um, the links to all of the social media is on the website, which is Um and yeah, I'm, we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also find written recipes on the website and yeah, and see what else I've been up to over on Instagram particularly. We also have a Facebook listeners group um, and I sort of post like th- things I've been up to occasionally in there as well. So join us if you'd like to. Um If you use Apple Podcasts or a platform where you can review, please do leave a review, particularly if it's a nice review, so that it helps people find the podcast. Um, Or just tell your friends or family about the podcast. Um, And the other thing was that I was looking at my stats and I noticed that actually most of my listeners are living in the US, which is really interesting shows me that none of my friends are listening, which is hilarious, Um, but that's fine. It's because they're not really that into baking. Um, So I was wondering if I'm being accommodating enough for you because I am very uh, set on using weight to measure. I don't think cups are accurate. Um, And the other thing is that I suppose I could go online and buy American cup measures, but our cup measures are different how weird is that um like your cup measures are smaller than ours um it's really bizarre so even though we barely ever use cups here we still have a a sort of uk standard cup size um not for bras for baking Um, which i don't i just don't really understand why it's different but it is different um I would, yes, I'd quite like to still use weights, but do you want me to include, um, the like equivalent in pounds and ounces? Um, let, just let me know, um, what, what you think about that. If I'm being kind of like accommodating and inclusive enough, or if you need recipes in a different format. So, um, thank you very much for listening. Um, Really lovely talking to you as always. I'm really enjoying making the podcast. Um, I hope that some of you are enjoying listening too. It's just really nice. It's like a little project where you kind of like try out different things and it's an excuse to make more stuff. It's an excuse to like make elaborate things. I'm like, oh, it's for the podcast. That's why I was spending four hours in the kitchen today. So it's just a really nice thing to do that I'm really enjoying. And yeah, um, so thank you to my sister Ruth for our jingle. Um, Thank you to my partner Gemma for being our taste tester. And I will see you next time. Bye.